We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's time for the college football portion of our show, Sean. And we're going to talk quarterbacks. And we're going to talk about who we kind of predict to be the top five quarterbacks in the country next year. And then some guys to keep an eye on, some names yeah. to watch going into next season. And so, Sean, it really came from we got asked a question last uh, yesterday in our Friday mailbag about – who we thought would be the five quarterbacks next year. And it was kind of like, oh, we can name three, but then it's like, you know, who's coming back and who's transfer. There's a lot of quarterbacks transferring this off season. Mm -hmm. And so it creates a lot of, um, a lot of conversation about um, who's going to be the guy this year. So we decided yeah. we are going to do something here, fun here. And before we get to our mailbag, and we're going to talk about who we think just kind of, it's that way too early top 25 type of thing, right? Which we'll be doing here soon at Irish Breakdown. And 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 so you look at it and say, um, okay, I think there's three that are givens, right? There's Caleb Williams from USC. It's a given. Drake May from North Carolina. That's a given. The only question I have is where to put Drake because I want to see how that system goes this season, Vince. Because they're or Sean, Vince, Sean, you and Vince don't look alike, <laughs> uh, Sean. And and because you know, th there's not the Phil Longo offense anymore. What does it look like? Are they going to put as much? I mean, because his numbers could go down, but his 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 efficiency and his overall per play could go up. You know what yeah. I mean? Where people are going to look yeah. so well, he didn't throw for four thousand yards like last year, or whatever. But he's a better quarterback, more impactful quarterback. I don't know what their offense is going to look like. And and then number three, I think we both agree on is Michael Penix, who is not getting nearly enough conversation and, and or enough oxygen in the in the quarterback room. Now, what we're talking about, Sean, is we're not talking about NFL draft. Right. We don't care about the NFL draft. We're not talking about that because Hendon Hooker is not going to be a high NFL draft pick, but he was a heck of a college quarterback. We're talking about who the best quarterbacks in college football last year. Michael Penix threw for 4,641 4, yards. Completed sixty five point three percent of his passes through thirty one touchdowns and eight picks. Yeah, he's in and and both of his top two receivers, who were both thousand yard guys last year, last year are coming back. Coming back, so he's in that conversation too. Yeah. So let's talk about that next tier. 
Mm-hmm. And so we're both going to kind of pick two, sort of, of the top five. And then we've got, we've got actually, neither of us had the same next two, sort of. <laughs> and you'll understand why when Sean gives us five. Right. Uh, and then we've got, and so we'll kind of get into it, Sean. So we got Caleb Williams, and that would be my order. Caleb Williams one, Drake May two, Michael Penix three would be my order. Yeah. Uh, and I would say that, that, Drake May's closer to Caleb Evans than Michael Penix is to Drake May. Yeah. Because the one difference between those three is Caleb Williams and Drake May are not only weapons as passers, but they're weapons as runners. And Michael Penix is more of just a chain mover as a as a runner. I mean, he had like 92 yards rushing. I'm looking at his numbers. He had 92 yards rushing last year, four touchdowns. He's a, he's a he's a scramble. If it's yeah. there, he's going to run and move the chains. He's going to pull it on a read zone and walk into the end zone, that kind of guy. He's not the the weapon that those other guys are when you look at like Drake may. And when you look at Caleb Williams, Sean, and I, I don't know if, if you see it the same way, I'm, I'm telling you, telling y'all what I think. I look at Drake may and Drake may can go toe to toe numbers wise with Michael Penix. He threw four, 38 touchdowns and seven picks, 66.2% completion rate and had 4,321 yards last year. Yeah. That's pretty darn good. And that's, that's on the same you know, somewhat on the same wave as as what Michael Penix did last year. And I think Michael Penix had a better overall team. Agree, especially at wide, yeah, especially wide receiver. North Carolina had good receivers, but, you know, Josh Downs wasn't healthy all year. Yeah. They both had an 8.4 yards per attempt completion rate, but here's the difference. Michael Penix, 92 yards rushing, four touchdowns. Drake May, 698 yards rushing and seven touchdowns. He was a much yeah. more effective weapon there. And then obviously Caleb Williams last year threw for 4,537 yards, had a 66.6% completion rate, which is so fitting for a USC quarterback. Had 42 touchdowns and five picks. I don't think you got that one, Sean. And then uh, and then uh, you look at it too, 42 touchdowns, five picks. But then he had 382 yards rushing and 10 rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So that to me is what separates those two guys from Michael Penix. Yeah. Because if Michael Penix is off throwing the ball, your offense struggles. Yeah. The top two guys are off throwing the ball. Like Caleb down, Caleb Williams didn't rip Notre Dame up throwing the football, even without no. their top two corners or two of their top no. three corners being in the game. He did stuff with his legs. His mm-hmm. legs killed Notre Dame. So he could still make it. We saw that with Drake May. He could still do things with his legs, even if the pass game wasn't working. If you take the pass game, if you make the pass game inefficient for Washington, Michael Penix isn't as much of a factor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's why it's one, two, three for me. Let's go with your number four quarterback for next year, Sean. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Some people might think it's a cop-out, but my number four is an unknown. That's why I kept saying sort of. And someone comes out of nowhere every year. Drake May came out of nowhere to become a first-round guy in the 2024 draft, probably number one overall pick, if not the number two overall pick. So could it be – I'll just throw some names. You mentioned could it be J.J. McCarthy becoming that dude that now can evolve and allow the Michigan offense to take the next step? Could Joe Milton, who has a world of physical talent, now in his second year with Josh Heupel, being there with Hendon Hooker, getting the win against Clemson in the bowl game, does he put everything together with Josh Heupel and that offense, which that system is, can produce great quarterback play, right? I thought what Pratt did against USC, right, in a different type of way, what does he do going back to Tulane? It's just a lot of different guys, youngsters coming up. Kay Klublik, does he take a step, right? Kyle McCord, is he the next dude, right? If early on, we didn't know C.J. Stroud after three games would even be the starter at Ohio State. Kyle McCord's thrown a lot more passes coming into this season then C.J. Stroud threw and go, go yeah. through. C.J. Stroud yeah. literally as a freshman threw zero passes. Now, he yeah. played. He had like a 50-yard yeah. touchdown run in the game. Yeah. But he threw zero passes as a freshman. Yeah. So, yeah, in that offense, you can't – whether it's him or Devin Brown, mm-hmm. you can't – and Devin Brown, I don't think, threw any passes this year. Same amount of C.J. Stroud. Yeah. So, it really doesn't matter. Whoever the Ohio State quarterback is is going to put up numbers. Yeah. The question is, will they be impact numbers? Yeah. And that'll determine if they are that guy that you're referring to as that potential breakout guy. So that's just an example of guys that I think Mm -hmm. can come up to that next level. It happens every year in college football. Someone's going to do that. And then fifth, I'm going to go ahead and finally give some, throw some flowers at the feet of Bo Nix. Like I tried to hold off, but he literally, after that devastating loss to Georgia in week one, he literally anchored that program for Dan Lenny. And he played absolute man, the matchup between him and Michael Penix Jr. I think in like week 11 last year was absolute. That was amazing, amazing football. And the only reason that Washington came away with the win is that their running game was able to support Michael Penix Jr. A little bit better than the Oregon run game was able to support Bo Nix that day. And then they still had a chance to win. So for me, Bo Nix, Sam Hartman came in at six on my list. He came in at number six. And the reason he came in at number six, because I don't think Sam Hartman is going to throw for as many yards as he did last year out of necessity. So is it just a production thing for you then? This is yeah. kind of okay. this is a production I gotcha. thing. This is a production thing for me. Um Sam Hartman to me 
from a production standpoint, yards-wise, is going to take a step back. But I think he's going to take a step forward, touchdowns, and then I think his interceptions come back. So I think he becomes a much more efficient, better-looking quarterback, not only you know on the field, but also in the eyes of scouts. But I just think some other guys are going to step up and put up some better stats. I think Joe Milton has the opportunity with the receivers. They lose one big wide receiver, but they have talent coming back. And just that Josh Heupel system, which is pretty much just big plays all over the place. That's what they go for. He's going to have an opportunity with his arm. Sure. If he has improved, and I mean, looking at the way he played against Clemson. Yeah, he was solid. He's a, he's a much better quarterback than what he was. I can tell you that. So yeah. if he takes the next step, I think he has an opportunity to put up some gaudy numbers. I think Jaden Daniels is going to play really good next year. Yeah. I really do. I really do. So he def- he's definitely going to have a better offensive line. He, he's got to be more consistent, but that mm-hmm. kind of comes with being in a system for a second year. Yeah. You know, you're going to have a better grasp of what they do, what the reads are, the players around you. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I think the Keyshawn Boutte going to the NFL is going to help Jaden Daniels in that offense. Like it's going to be a much he was better boss. Yes. He was a head case. I mean, it was just like he was that prima donna. You always had to try to make – he was never happy. And, you know, and and you you and I both noticed Brian Kelly's team – Brian Kelly doesn't handle prima donnas very well. No. And that's not an insult. He just doesn't want them. And that's the kind of situation that can just completely create toxicity in your room. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a, a oxygen for the other receivers now. And I'm going to be honest with you, whoever the LSU quarterback is next year, if Jane Daniels gets hurt or something like that early, I mean, that kid came off the bench and showed I me mean, he's got some skills too. Yeah. You know, so they're going Nussmeyer, right? And so they're going to have production there no matter who plays. Um, my only concern there is a lot of his production at times was sort of um, I don't say hollow production. There were just some times where he put up yards, but they they just couldn't put the ball in the end zone, so it really didn't matter what the yards were. Yeah. That's going to be something they're going to have to improve upon. But, again, that's going into year two of the offense. I expect them to be better in that regard. Yeah. yeah. So I could I could see that. I could see that. And, and again, the other thing, too, is he he provides some, some ability with your legs. Mm-hmm. Where Jaden's got to get better is he's got to be will, more willing, and, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, Sean, He's got to be more willing, in my view, to use his arm more. And that's going to be the big thing for me, for him, is there were some games where, boy, he looked really good throwing the football. Yeah. But then there was games where just like, dude, what? Like, if, if he could, <laughs> if he could see, if we could see more of the Florida game, yeah, from him, mm-hmm. well, he's going to be, he's going to be top five. I mean, because he's got ability. Yeah. You know, he ripped Florida apart, but then there's other games where he's either a, I mean, he was so bad against Auburn, you know, and Mississippi state, he just, he wouldn't throw the ball down the field. Fourth he quarter he, yeah. fourth quarter against FSU. Yeah. When they got I mean, down, big. he was pretty good. Then the rest yeah. of the game, he's pretty awful. Right. Uh, wouldn't throw the ball down the field. He only threw the ball down the field because they had to, you know, so you look at those things, Sean, you're like, boy, if this, if this kid could just be that guy more often, mm-hmm. he's, he's got a chance to be a pretty good player. Yeah. And so it's going to be that part. And that was an issue added at Arizona State. But, again, there's going to be level consistency next year. Same. I, I don't think that Brian Kelly's made any changes at the positions that will matter to him. Quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator, I believe is it's still Denbrock. I believe that hasn't yeah. changed. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll kind of see how that one goes. And then – so you said Bo Nix is your five, and then there's an unknown at four. Let me give you my unknown. four. Bo Nix. You know what I struggle with? You know who I struggle with? Because I haven't even mentioned him. I struggled with Jordan Travis. 
Yeah, I, I really did. Well, let's I go really right did. there. Let's go right there because I'm going to give you my five and then we'll talk about some other guys we like because that right there, Sean, great segue, by the way, sir. This is why you're a pro. Love doing shows with you. That's my four. Mm-hmm. And and here's the thing is, is based on your criteria, Jordan Travis won't be in here because mm-hmm. he's not going to put up monster numbers. You know, you're going to ask you threw for 3,214 yards, 64 yards, uh, 64% completion rate, 24 touchdowns, five interceptions, rushed for 417 yards and seven touchdowns. Those aren't like knock your socks off numbers. No. But here's the thing for me. He he was big in big games. Even some of the games they lost, I thought other than NC State, he played well. He yeah. played really well against Wake Forest. Yeah. He played really well against Clemson. He didn't play well against NC State. But NC, a lot of quarterbacks didn't play well against NC State last year, if we're going to be honest about it. Um, so, to me, it's one of those things, Sean, where I look at him and I say, the reason he's in my top five is because he's just such a playmaker. He just he is a, just a kid that you look at, Sean, and you're like, man, like this kid just – he just puts his team on his shoulders. Yeah. He makes the plays he needs to make. He's a winner. You know, he's he, you know, he's going to take games over. And I actually thought last year, I thought the play calling at times limited him a little bit. I think they need to open it up. And I think that they will this year as they kind of bring a lot of guys back. Yeah. And, and the other thing, too, is his production was also hindered at times by the running game. So, like, you look at the ball, you look at the Syracuse game. He ended up going 21 of 23 for 155 yards, three touchdowns, only averaged 6.7 per carry or per attempt. But if you look at it, he didn't play a lot in that game because they were they were all over Syracuse in that game. I mean, they just yeah. they, wore, they wore Syracuse out. I mean, so a lot of that production was early. And so there were some games like that that kind of stunted his, his production a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was 24 nothing at halftime. It was 38-3 or 24-3 at halftime, 38 to 3 at the end of the third quarter. And and so, I mean, the backups threw eight passes in that game, you know. So I think he's just a winner. I think that their schedule set up nicely to where he's gonna he's gonna be able to make some plays and, and get some big wins. And I and I have him as my number four going into the season. So that's my, I mean, but the stats aren't going to be this. I mean, you, you're going to look at his numbers and compare it to other guys. Like Brennan Armstrong is going to put up more, probably better numbers in that NC State offense with Robert and I, right? Because he's followed Robert and I to NC State. You may see some other guys, you know, Spencer Rattler maybe, maybe puts up numbers. Bo Nix will have better numbers, like just pure raw numbers. Bo Nix mm-hmm. will have much better numbers. Yeah. And, and I'm, you know, I'm a lot higher on Bo Nix than you are and you and Ryan are. But if I had to say, who am I, if I've got to go win, if I got to go beat Georgia and you're going to ask me, who do I want a quarterback? I'm like, can I have anybody? No. I have one of two guys. You can have Jordan Travis or Bo Nix. Before you get the word Nix out of your mouth, I'm telling you I want Jordan Travis. Mm-hmm. And that's not a knock on Bo Nix. I like Bo Nix. You know this. Because we would have some fun arguments. You know, fun arguments. They weren't real, but they were like, you know, we're, we're after some shows, we would have a, you know, a Bo Nix uh, battle because I love getting Ryan riled up. He likes to tweak, tweak my nerves. And the way I tweak him up is every time Bo Nix plays well, I remind him how much he hates Bo Nix and how good Bo Nix is and put some respect on Bo Nix's name just to have some fun, right? But I like Bo Nix as a player. I always thought mm-hmm. the issue was more Auburn than it was Bo Nix. And we saw that this year. But if I got to go win a game against Georgia 
and I can only have one of those two, I'm taking Jordan Travis. And if I took Bo Nix, his numbers would probably be better. But Jordan Travis is going to make me more winning place. And that's why Jordan Travis is in my top five. Because I'm looking at more impact as opposed to just numbers yeah. for me yeah. personally. Yeah. I looked at it, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to do this. Because there's so many different ways you can do it. I just want to have one way that I'm looking at this. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to look at this from a production standpoint. But it was hard to keep Jordan Travis out of the top five. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. It was hard because I remember watching this kid in Notre Dame Stadium down big, and yeah. he just kept coming. He just kept coming. I'm like, the fool is this dude? I'm like, knock him down. Tackle him. And he, he just kept coming. And that's what Florida State has, man. They have a battler at quarterback that makes winning plays. And a lot of weapons coming back next year, man. Absolutely. A lot of weapons coming Absolutely. back. We're going to have one of my favorite freshman wide receivers coming in, Hakeem Williams as well. So. Oh, yeah. He's got some – I mean, they're going to have a tall – Hakeem Williams is going to be like their third tallest receiver next year. He's yeah. like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be tall. Here's my number five, Sean. And I broke it all down, and I wasn't sure if he'd be there yesterday when he had the conversation. But as I looked – as I broke it all down – I'm taking the guy that's been the most productive quarterback in college football the last two years that's returning. That's Sam Hartman. And and it's a lot like what I said about Jordan Travis. I agree with you. His, he's not going to throw for 4,200 yards this next season like he did at Wake Forest in his healthy season. Mm-hmm. And had he played a full season this year, because, uh, again, he did not uh, – Sam Hartman did not play a full slate this year. He missed the opener this season because of the medical issue. But he averaged 308 yard passing yards per game, and <laughs> – they played VMI in the opener. He probably gets close to 300 yards, which puts him at 4,000 again. He's mm-hmm. not going to throw for that many yards, I don't think, this year, unless Notre mm-hmm. Dame like goes like, too deep into the playoff, right, and plays in the championship game. I just don't see it. Right. And and so, but I do think he's going to be 3,500 plus. Mm-hmm. I do think he's going to be 30 touchdowns plus. Yeah. Uh, total touchdowns. He may not. I mean, I think he's going to get to 30 passing, but I could see a scenario where he has 25 to 28 just because. You know, we we need some big play receivers to step up for Notre Dame, right? Absolutely. And and so, will they have those sixty yard touchdowns, or will they have a fifty yard touchdown or fifty yard pass that they get caught at the eight, right, or tackled at the eight? You know, where the pass game kind of gets you into the red zone, mm-hmm. but you're not the home run passing offense like a, a bunch, and then you've got to you're going to run it in, right? So I can see his touchdown numbers being down, but I'm just kind of projecting like thirty five hundred and thirty. Yeah. And then, you know, four to five rushing touchdowns, you know, off some read zones type of things. Uh, so, and I could also see a scenario where his touchdowns are down because when they do get in the red zone, they bring in Tyler Buckner to be the package quarterback or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I think, I think the completion percentage is going to jump up two to three percentage points. And I think the impact is going to be there. I think he's going to have some big games and big moments this year because mm-hmm. they're going to need him to. And he's going to be, he's going to go toe to toe with Caleb Williams this year in Notre Dame stadium. He's going to go toe to toe with Brennan Armstrong this year. He's going to go toe to toe with Riley Leonard this year. Who's a guy that I like a lot at Duke. He, he could be that unknown. Yeah, He could he be could one be. of those unknowns. He could be. Yeah. I, my only concern is now he isn't an unknown, unknown anymore. No. And he doesn't have the weapons around him. 
Like, let's just say hypothetically, R- Riley Leonard would have jumped in the in the portal and come to Notre Dame. Dude, I'd be so fired up right now. I'd be as fired <laughs> up as I am about Sam Hartman because he's a heck of a player and he'd have mm-hmm. weapons around him, right? He's a really good football player. But, you know, you look at it, he's going to have a lot of those, whoever the Ohio State quarterback is. But he, no matter who that is, it, that moment's going to be huge. And so when I when I look at this football team, Sean, and I and I look at I, I look at Sam Hartman, if if Notre Dame is as good as I think they're going to be this year, he's going to have big moments and big games. And and you look at the quarterbacks he's going to be dueling with this year. He, another Phil Dracovic battle. Yeah. It's you know Cade Klubnik. There's going to be some of those big battles to 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 kind of have his moment. And I think the receiving core fits him. What he likes to do well, he likes to throw the ball deep. He likes to throw it over the middle. He's going to be more of a pocket quarterback as opposed to that mesh that takes you to the line. He's going to have a run game that can protect him. I think the numbers, the efficiency is going to be through the roof. Is kind of how I see his numbers. I think, and he's been like he's been. Um, I'm going to pull up his numbers here real quick. Uh, see, he was eight six yards per attempt this year, which is pretty good. When you can, if you if you know that offense, you know that that's pretty good. Uh, you know, 8.6, Wake Forest ranked 12th in the nation this year in efficiency, passing efficiency, I mean, uh, yards per attempt. I think at Notre Dame with that run game, I think he's going to be up in around nine. I, I really yeah. do. Yeah. And and so that's why I've really – and nine would get you like in the top five. So uh, when, I, when I look at it, Sean, that's kind of why I feel like he's going to be in my top five. Now, it was not easy. But it's just there's just so many different question marks with so many of the other quarterbacks coming mm-hmm. back that that's really really what kind of did it in for me. Uh, the the other part of it too is is we saw this Notre Dame offense because here's the thing you could say well yeah you may th- what makes you think that being in this offense is going to allow them to be more efficient well it's just what we've seen from this offense yeah you know when Jack Cohen had time to throw last year I mean th- this was Notre Dame's yards per attempt and in, in games where I felt Jack Cohen got time to throw for the most part, 10 and a half yards per attempt against Florida state, 8.8 against Toledo, 8.8 against North Carolina, 9.3 against Navy, 11.6 against Georgia tech and 9.5 against Stanford. Now it's Jack Cohn, Right. And so, I mean, we're going to see a lot more of those type of games in my opinion this year. And their name's not a, a huge RPO screen team, which can drag down that yards per attempt a little bit. It's going to be more, you know, 65 to 67% with hitting some balls down the field, hitting balls over the middle, hitting more crossers, overs, things like that, the to, you know, wheels, things that Tom Reese likes to do. And and when they do hit the backs, they're going to go for more yards per per, carry, per catch than you you normally expect. So no. those are the reasons that I have Sam Hartman in my top five, Sean. Yeah. What are your thoughts? No, I understand. He was at six for me. And the only reason yeah. he got bumped down to six is because I just went at – the history of college football, and there's always one guy, one unknown that just jumps up into the top five that you didn't expect. And it's usually like a red shirt freshman or a guy that's been there for a year or two, and then all of a sudden, here he comes. You know, it was C.J. Stroud, and then it was, I mean, man, it was Bryce. You know, mm-hmm. didn't play, all of a sudden, here he comes. So I, I don't see anybody on the depth chart for Alabama that can do that this year, in my opinion. So we'll see. Does Devin Leary, you know, come back to form? Right. That's, 
at Kentucky. And and the expectation is is that the guy that was the OC two years ago that kind of allowed Will Levis to to look good, Mm -hmm. uh, better than he is, in my opinion, another conversation for another day, uh, some team's going to regret drafting that guy in the top five, Sean. I'm just telling Mm -hmm. you that right now. But Liam Cohen, he's going to be coming back to Kentucky as the OC. He's a good OC. He's going to – He's going to like Devin Leary. The question I have about him, to your point, is does he? What kind of weapons is he going to have around him? Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, you're, I mean, he was our he was in the top five for us last year. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, and a lot of people wanted him to, to come to Notre Dame in the portal yeah. right. when he went to the portal. So he's a guy. You mentioned Brendan Armstrong. Like we know what he did in Virginia before he got injured, right? Does he come back to form? Yeah, at North Carolina State, it's he's going to put up of- numbers. Like yeah. he's going to put up numbers. I'm not a huge Brendan Armstrong fan. I think he's a system guy that puts up numbers because of the offense and the players around him. I don't think he's a take a game over. Holy crap, this guy carries a team. But he's mm-hmm. going to put he's going to put up. We've seen him in that offense. He's got the yeah. same guy running that offense at NC State this year that he had two years ago at Virginia. So he's going to put up numbers, in my opinion. And he doesn't strike me as a kid who's going to have will have lost confidence because how bad things were at at NC State this past year, in my opinion, no. either, Sean. No. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So, man, I think just at that, I get, man, I think, he was on track to do this before he got injured with the concussion. I think Dylan Gabriel is going to put up numbers at Oklahoma. Yeah. Like his first two, three games were really good. I remember the game he had, the first half he had against Nebraska was just ridiculous. And then he comes back and he gets hurt against Texas. But with that offense and playing in the Pac-12, I can see Dylan Gabriel being productive. I'm not yeah. saying he would be in my top five, but I can see him having a really productive season. Uh, I think the quarterback that's coming back for Kansas State, not a pure pocket quarterback, but he he's a tough George Travis. like yeah, yeah, he makes winning plays. I think he's going to have a really good season. So, Well, and then there's some of the transfers, Sean. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing. And, and I did want to point this out about Sam Hartman. So – Notre Dame's running backs last year averaged 10 and a half yards per reception. Wake Forest averaged 8.1. So again, that's the thing is Notre Dame's running backs provide a lot more big playability out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. And all three of them had long receptions this year. Logan had one. We saw that in the bowl game. Yeah, Audric had a few, like 30-plus yard. And then, of course, Tyree. So what's funny is Tyree had the lowest yards per catch of the group. <laughs> You know, 
that was because of the 75 yard in the bowl game. You take that right. out, and then Logan's the, the lowest there. But still, like, but that's what you're going to get from that group. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 portal kids are what really fascinate me because who who of that hits? I mean, you've got Spencer Sanders going to uh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. How does he take the lane's offense? You know, they had a ton of portal kids show up. Uh, Phil Jerkovic, does he bounce back playing with the OC that he had at BC? Mm-hmm. Right? Because he's going to have the OC back that he was really successful with at Boston College. Is he healthy? Is his head straight? I don't I don't know. Devin Leary, you mentioned. Brendan Armstrong, you mentioned. Graham Mertz. Does, was Graham Mertz just a talented kid that no, – no, I'm, 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 let me make my points – with Graham Mertz, is he, he's got a big arm, but was the issue Wisconsin or is the issue Graham Mertz? Some people argue it's the offense. I personally think it's both. You know what I mean? But now he gets his chance, right? You know, you you know, you look at other guys, DJ Uyunglele at Oregon State. I think that's going to be good for him. You look at um, the I just, uh, Tanner Mordecai going to Wisconsin. Running Phil Longo's offense, how does that does that going to work better than I think it's going to work? So there's going to be a, I mean there's there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks that have played a lot of football in college football this year, and a lot of guys putting up numbers in some of these offenses. Who emerges as the as the game winners, the guys that can really be the money players is the way to put it, right? Who are the guys that are just stat like they're just pump up the stats, right? They're just stat sheet guys. And who are the guys that are, that are winners? That's going to be the interesting thing about this year, this year, Sean, is who that, and we, you know, Spencer Rattler, you mentioned Michael Pratt. Uh, I know people that like the tongue of Aloha kid at Maryland. They think he's a really good player. He's going to have some weapons. You know, there's going to be a lot of JJ McCarthy. You mentioned earlier, there's going to be a lot of potential, there's a lot of guys that could jump into that unknown one for you, Sean. And I think that's where Sean's coming from is that like who of that group is that who is the red shirt freshman that we didn't see much of. That's going to be the next Drake may mm-hmm. it, does Dante Moore jump into this top 15 quarterback conversation. If he's able to step into the lineup right away at, at UCLA, he could. right? Here's another one. Here's another one. That's going to be very interesting to discuss. Does the presence of Arch Manning ruin Quinn Ewers? or finally bring out the best in Quinn Ewers, mm. right? Does yeah. he answer, does he respond to that challenge of Arch in year two in the offense with, okay, I'm ready to take this thing over now, or does he kind of do what a lot of people think he's going to do, which is kind of fold and and not be good? I think Quinn Ewers went from way overhyped to now being dogged too much. And what I mean by that is he was a freshman last year. Let's be honest about that. Yes, I know he spent a year at Ohio State. He didn't play at all, and that was supposed to be his senior year of high school. He was really a freshman last year. There were some other issues going on, some receivers that didn't always have their heads on straight and some you know, some, some tough losses. And, and I think the kid kind of just didn't play as well as people thought. But I think that's because people had too high expectations for what he was supposed to be last year. If Quinn Ewers was a three-star kid that nobody ever heard of, and he did exactly what he did last year, we're saying, hey, this kid had a pretty good rookie year. I want to see what he can do next year, right? But because he was the greatest quarterback ever and the highest grade ever by 247, which was 
asinine because how could anyone watch freaking Trevor Lawrence in 2018 and think this kid deserved a higher grade than Trevor Lawrence did? That's stupid, right? But that's the hype that was put on this kid, right? And then he kind of brought some of that on himself with the whole decision to, you know, graduate early to go to Ohio State so he could take the NIL deal and then transfer to Texas right away. We all saw that coming. Everybody in the world knew he's going to go to Ohio State, get his money, and then leave. Everybody knew that. So he's brought some of this on himself. Does he grow up or not? Does he answer the ch- the test that, that Arch is going to give him or not? Because here's the thing that we can both agree on, Sean. That kid has one of the biggest arms in college football. I mean, he's got a Josh Allen-type arm, in my opinion. Just power, effortless. The question for me is, this is a million-dollar arm. <laughs> what is this and what is this? That's the question that I have. That's the question, yeah. And if these things get answered, then all of a sudden he becomes a guy that's going to put up a lot of numbers in that offense. Yeah. But I, I, I don't, I'm not putting money on him going one way or the other, Sean. It's an unknown. But that's what fascinates me about quarterback playing college football this year. The transfers, the young kids that could break out, the, you know, who, like you said, who's going to be the Drake May? Who's going to be the Devin Leary, the guy that's been injured a bunch that then breaks mm-hmm. out like Devin Leary did in 2021? You know yeah. what I mean? Sorry, Sean. Go ahead. No, I was just – we haven't even mentioned Drew Allen. Or Kate Klubnick. Or Kate Klubnick. Or Kate Klubnick. Could they be the Drake May? That's a great point, Sean, because Drew Allen's going to have some talent around him. Kate Klubnick, I think, is going to be a good player. Absolutely. Yes. Offensive line, running game. Yeah. Won't yeah. have everything on his shoulders. Right. Yeah. Oh, that running game is going to be legit next year, yeah. especially with that that the left tackle coming back. Yeah, we're talking about Penn State, right? Is yeah, who we're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. when that kid announced he was coming back, I go, okay, Penn State, Penn State's going to be decent next year. You yeah. know what I mean? Like on offense. So yeah, it's it's it really is, and like you said, John, there's kids who didn't start this year that that are going to be that guy next year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. it's going to be fun. Uh, here's a kid that a lot of people may not want to talk about. Hunter Wegman at Texas A&M. That's a good call. Looked pretty good at the end of the yeah. year. Uh, well, you know I loved him coming out of high school. He was my, I think, number three quarterback in that class, two or three quarterback in that class. I loved that kid. The question is, is, is or the thing is, I, I didn't think the fit made sense for him to go to Texas A&M at the time because I'm like, Jimbo has, Jimbo is notorious for taking athletic quarterbacks and trying to turn them into pocket passers because that's all he knows. Mm-hmm. That he, I, I never thought that the kid he had before was like a great player, right? I, I, yeah. I was never one of those people that was kind of, you know, I just I I wasn't one of those Kellen Mond is a great talent people, but I also knew that Kellen Moore was ne- Kellen Mond was never used the way he should have been used. Now I'm not saying he's not a guy that can throw the football, but you tried to turn him into a pocket passer because that's who Jimbo is. Bobby Petrino showed us, showed the whole world that he can take a run-throw kid and turn him into a pretty darn good player. Because one of the things about Lamar Jackson that people did not, I've said this, they don't give him enough credit for in college, Lamar Jackson put up some really good numbers as a passer under Bobby Petrino. So let's not forget, Bobby Petrino has developed a Heisman Trophy quarterback in recent seasons. And Lamar threw for, uh, Lamar threw for over 7,000 yards in his two years as a starter, Sean. It, or his two non-freshman years as a starter, his sophomore and junior season, he threw for over 
over 7,000 yards and almost 60 touchdowns, despite mm-hmm. being a guy that made a lot of plays. Now, Connor Wegman is not Lamar Jackson. The <laughs> point is this, however, he has shown he can take a guy that's got ability as a passer and use that while also saying, but this kid can do some stuff with his legs and we're going to use that too. That's something that Jimbo has never been able to do, mm-hmm. ever been able to do. He's always like, this is what I know and this is what I'm going to do. Right. That was my only criticism I ever had of Steve Spurrier is Steve Spurrier can only coach one type of quarterback and they were all going to have the same throw in motion. They were going to hold the ball back here. They were going to the same throw in motion. They were, he, he wanted cookie cutters at quarterback and that's Jimbo. Well, Jimbo ain't Steve Spurrier. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Steve can get away with that because he's Steve Spurrier. Yeah. Jimbo's not Steve Spurrier. Bobby Petrino, if allowed to run his offense, is going to get production out of Connor Wegman. Now, is it this year or is it next year? I have a feeling we may be talking about him next year. But I'm not sleeping on him for this year either, Sean. And so I'm telling you, man, I'm excited. And we didn't talk about Will Rogers because he's a system guy. I mean, that's (laughs) like, you know, that. Oh, Ryan brought up a guy yesterday, too, is Cameron Ward. The kid. He's coming back next year for a fifth year. That's another guy. So he that that Ryan thinks is going to make a jump, and I'm got my eye on him, right? And and so um, there's it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be very interesting. This is going to be a fun year. I don't know how many of these guys are high NFL draft picks, but I don't. That's care. a that's a good call by Ryan because yeah. he he reminds me of Jordan Travis when I mentioned him at Notre yeah. Dame Stadium. I watched him at the Coliseum when they were just USC was the better team, but that he kept competing. He yep. just kept coming at USC. So I like that call. I love here, kids like that. Here, here's my thing about Cameron Ward, Ryan, or Sean, and where I like Ryan's. I've been Vince and yeah, Ryan today. I know, right? You're, you're, well, one of your Sean's was Sean Styers. You just didn't recognize it because it sounds the same. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so um, the thing about Cameron Ward, too, is why I don't buy into the hype of the SC, FCS kids coming to Power 5 mm-hmm. because these kids come for one year and the jump is too great. Yeah. You're going from a level where you can make throws that you just can't make. at the And we don't – this is what I said. Name me a quarterback that's gone either from the pa- group of five level or the FCS level, has transferred to Division One team, a group of Power 5 team, had been a, a dude in year one. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I still can't think of one. I know there's been one. But I can't think of one. Most of the transfers that have been impact players are guys that transferred from one Power 5 school to another Power 5 school. Here's the thing about Cameron Ward, though. He now has that year under his belt of getting caught up to the speed of the Pac-12. So now he goes into next year, and he's not making that jump from uh, everything happens faster, the windows are tighter, and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to start to see from that alone that jump in production. Yeah. In my opinion. So I think I think you're both on to something. I think that's where I think Cam Ward could be a guy that surprises people because he did get that that adjustment year out of his out of a system. Yeah. Where a lot of those kids don't get that. So I thought it was very smart of him to come back for another year because Mm -hmm. like you said, his numbers weren't bad, Sean. I mean, he threw for thirty two hundred yards and twenty three touchdowns and nine interceptions. Yeah. It's just a lot of you know they they just they had to get throw a lot of passes to get there. You know, and it wasn't super efficient, but next year it's going to look a lot better. And I think anyway, yeah. so I could see that. I could see that. 
I, I, it's going to be, I mean, this is part of the reason I'm excited about college football this year, Sean, is there's a lot of quarterbacks mm-hmm. that have a chance to be good, you know, good players. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see how those guys break out. Yeah. You know, I really am. Especially really with am. the last year of the four team college playoff. Right. There are so many questions. Yeah. Even at the big teams, like who's going to quarterback for Georgia? Who's going to quarterback for Alabama? Who- Sean. Right there, this whole conversation, we did not mention who the starting quarterback will be for Georgia or Alabama. Nope. Because I don't know. One of them is going to step up and make plays, though. Yeah. Yeah. Who is it going to be? Who is it going to be? Right. Because there's, I mean, there's not a lot of quarterback transfers left, right? The kid from Vanderbilt, I think, is still in the market, right? But he's not that guy. He's not that guy. So maybe somebody jumps in after the spring. Right. But then, then that guy misses spring ball. Yeah. Right. And and who would that be? It's not going to be an impact player that's going to, no. you know, it's not going to be Michael Pratt. It's not going to be, you know, it, it, ha- you know what it'd have to be? It'd have to be somebody that transferred now that got beat out or a guy that they thought was going to start that got beat out. Like, like, let's just say, for example, I'm just making this is, I got no intel. This is just me making an example because I don't be so, oh, Driscoll said this. Well, All right. Let's just say hypothetically that Devin Brown beats out Kyle McCord. Mm hmm. Uh, there's some schools that I'd be like, Hey, yeah, give me Kyle McCord. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, it, it could be a situation where after the spring, um, you know, you've got other quarterbacks that could be in this conversation. So it, it's going to be really, uh, and I'm trying to kind of go through who else got transfers this year, you know, but there's going to be a lot of guys are going to have chances to, 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 to make that move. And so I'm excited. I'm telling y'all, I'm really excited to to watch to watch college football. I mean, I'm always excited to watch college football, right? But especially this year because there is I just feel like quarterback play in college football this year is going to be a lot of fun. I really do. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So, that's our quarterback conversation for today everybody. We're going to jump to the mailbag here in a second and we're just going to answer some of the super chats and a couple of the other questions that have come our way. It's not going to be a very long mailbag. But we are going to try to, I guess, so we do have some super chats. There's a couple other questions that I want to get into uh, about the, about that you all have brought up as well. So if you if you want to throw some super chats in there, you feel free and we'll, we'll answer those. But we're not going to answer all the questions that we got today. I just want to get to a, a few. But before we get to the mailbag, please do us a solid. Hit that like button, right? Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And make sure that you are checking out our, our leave us a five-star review. Make sure you're checking out our CFP Nation app or our podcast, which you can find on all your podcast platforms. Also, make sure that you are subscribing to our CFP Nation YouTube channel, uh, which is now monetized. We'll start putting more and more videos on that as well. And as always, make sure you sign up for the message board at boards.irishbreakdown.com. 